Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Our Weird Life. My name is Jack. My name is Jodie. Hope you've had a wonderful week everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, Jodie, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you Jack. Yes. Um, are you aching by any yes. chance? Yes. Why are you aching? Pray tell. Well, I might have gone a bit hard on the New Year's resolution exercise workout routine. Do you want to enlighten everyone what you did? Well, I'm going to blame Jack because no, A, on. it's more fun and B, I, I didn't do anything wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack told me to do this exercise. So I did it and I injured my neck. Are you finished now? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's not what happened. I d- this is what I remember happening. I was doing an exercise where you have a dumbbell, you hold it in both hands, you put it above your head, and then you you kind of drop it re- very slowly behind your neck. Mm-hmm. And it's called sometimes they call them skull crushers, sometimes they're tricep extensions, whatever. Um, I was doing the exercise, and I remember Jody going, "Ooh, I will. I think mm, I want to try that no. exercise." No. And then Jodie proceeded to do it. No, that's not what happened. Oh, Jack I said, don't know. I don't know. you should do this exercise, Jodie, because if you want skinny arms, it's good for your triceps. <laughs> I definitely did not say that's that. That's what he said. Yeah, I just, I don't remember it like that, honestly. I, I don't think that's quite what happened. But regardless. Look, you were trying to help me. You were trying to help me. You weren't trying to injure me, Jack. So, you know, if it had, if it had ended up being the best exercise I've ever done and, like, I have really cool, nice, sexy arms, you would Which have took credit anyway. for that. Oh, thank you. You would have took credit for that and you'd have said, oh, hey, I told you to do that <laughs> exercise. That was my recommendation. But I told now, you to do that. now, because it's injured me, you're like, no, I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Um. Anyway, regardless... <laughs> Either way, even if I did see you doing it, you were still doing it. See, that was mistake number one, really, because you were taking advice from someone who has injured himself multiple times trying to work out. That's true. That was a foolish thing to do. <laughs> I just think you're more experienced than me with weights. To be honest, let's be honest here. I don't think the exercise is the problem. I think the problem was that I was trying to lift four kilograms instead of starting with like two. Yeah, like too too fast, too heavy, too mm. fast. I have a very weak neck, so that exercise was not is not good for me. To, so now I've learned some of the different like physiotherapy things for my neck mm. um, to help it, you know, get stronger. Strengthen it. Yeah, strengthen it. Yeah, I think also sometimes it kind of depends the timing of when you do an exercise in the workout. Yeah. So, you know, I don't remember when you did that particular exercise in your workout, but maybe if it had been at the end or the start, your body might have had a different, or you might not have injured it. Ah. Do you know what I mean? Or you may have injured it more. Like I wasn't warmed up enough. Exactly, yeah. I know that, so I have a real problem doing press-ups. My triceps, they hurt so bad. They, they do this weird clicky thing, um, which apparently... Your triceps, you say? My triceps. Is that from doing that exercise? No, no, I, I haven't really done this exercise very much, but it's not that. 
No, I've had this problem for years. Apparently, it's called snapping triceps, which is the most disgusting name ever. That is pretty gross. Um, and apparently, it's where the one of the the heads of your tricep kind of clips over part of the bone, mm. um, which is kind of painful. But if I do press ups at the very start of a workout routine, it really hurts. Whereas if I do it at the very end, I'm less likely to experience the pain. So warming well, up is definitely a tip of the day. Warm up before you do exercise. I don't usually do my weights until like midway or towards the end. Right. Um, I usually start with something quite easy mm. and just to get, you know. Work your way up. Yeah. The other thing that I kind of am aching from, well, you should be more achy than me, is shoveling the absolute mound of snow that fell last night. It's, it's not, it's, it's almost unbelievable how much comes down. Yeah. Like in the space of, we had... It pretty much gone. In the space of overnight, we open the door and it's like the all the snow of the Arctic has just fallen <laughs> on our drive. It may as well have done. It was, I mean, there's mm. there's almost like a metre of it, isn't there? Yeah, so we shoveled yesterday, um, which I really shouldn't have done with my back. Yeah, that was, in. in hindsight, that was kind of a... Yeah, it hurts a little bit today. And then this morning, I would say... Like another two foot of snow fell. Yeah, easily. overnight. So then we had like, well, sorry, we Jack had to shovel that <laughs> again <laughs> um, because yesterday the poor postman we hadn't shoveled yet, and we have quite a long drive, so he had to like, literally, it's up to my knees. That's how deep it is at the moment. So this yeah. poor postman had to like dig their his way, way through, through. Yeah, the snow. He actually really helped because he kind of made a. A path. He made a tunnel yeah. through the snow towards our door. We just kind of, we monopolised on that. Yeah. and um, It's quite cool, actually, to have a little snow tunnel. But he, he appeared again today. Same one? Yeah, so he, he passed, um, I was outside shoveling and he, he appeared with his van and he looked very happy at the fact that I was outside and ready to just take it off him. I bet he did. I wonder if it was the same guy who, who came yesterday. Probably. Yeah. He's probably like, oh, thank God, they're shoveling. <laughs> like, you could have done this yesterday, guys. <laughs> I don't, don't guys. have to wade through it now. <laughs> no, yeah. Poor bloke. So, it must be really tough being a postman, you know. You're like, you have to go through all the conditions, mm. the heat of summer and then the freeze in the winter. Have you ever met a postman that doesn't like dogs? Because I've seen a few. Um, I think I've seen some react a bit like, mm. you know, they get a bit nervous. Because obviously we had a dog and you had a dog mm. growing up. And if I opened the door, there was a particular postman that didn't like dogs. And I've seen like... Maybe we had the same one then, because I remember one and he got real sheepish about like yeah. there the being a dog. He's like, <laughs> I think, I don't know if it was a postman. Someone came to the house, to the door, and they were like, is he dangerous? Is he a big dog? Kind of thing. Because <laughs> he's like rah, 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 in the background. Oh, Jack had like has got um sorry did have a little Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah, cross, Jack Russell crossing cross. the Jack Russell. Yeah, he was very feisty. In his youth, he was a a feisty little devil. Yeah, but he was so small. I know. He was lovely. cute. <laughs> but yeah, and I had a terrier too. Mm. Um, so he he if you, if the postman put any post through the letterbox, my dog would grab it and rip it up. <laughs> and I had so many like birthday cards that had money in it, and the money would have holes in it. Oh man! Yeah, it happened a lot. It's almost like, like the stamp of approval. Yeah, like you literally have to race there before he got there. <laughs> so I think our post people knew because the the um, 
He would rip it out of their hands, like, as they were posting it. <laughs> no wonder he was nervous. <laughs> yeah, he was so fast. It was crazy. He was just, like, rip it out and then rip it up. You think of all the postmen in the world. Mm. They, they must have had some real close calls with terrible dogs. Well, that's what made me think, like, because why would you become a postman if you're scared of dogs? Like, so yeah. then uh, then it makes me think that that they weren't scared of dogs before, but being a postman made them scared of dogs. Oh, like it was, it was forced upon them, that kind of fear. Yeah, because <laughs> they got, like, attacked or something. Yeah, so I've, I've so many have had bites and yeah. scratches and scrapes with... Uh, I imagine so. Or, like, disgruntled owners are like... Get away from the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't touch me, dog. <laughs> people, some people don't really don't like their dogs being stroked. Yeah, some people just don't like dogs, do they? They, they get very afraid of them in general. I remember seeing people um, who have visible phobias of dogs mm. and they would they would cross the road to get away from the, yeah, I've the seen dog that walker. Before. That must be horrible, I suppose, because the dogs know, are so common. But you know when you ask a dog owner, mm. oh, do you mind if I stroke him? And they're like, no. That, Where do you go from there? That's a weird one. It, that, not that they're dangerous or, oh, no, they might bite you. Yeah. Just no. Just no. No, you can't. No context is nothing. Yeah. It's very hard as well. When you see a dog, mm. you want to stroke it, don't you? Yeah. Like, who doesn't I want would, to... I would let people stroke my dog. I mean, yeah, generally. I, mm. I think... Mm. See, if I think of my dog, there were times when he was great and there were times when you, you just didn't want to be messed with. Yeah. And so people are like, hello, boy. <laughs> That's different, though. Yeah. That is different. If your dog is a bit, like, temperamental, yeah. then I think that you have to be the one to tell somebody. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a bit... Yeah, he's a bit moody, don't really, like, so at your own risk. <laughs> it's the way that they say it, then, really. No but, of... that, no, but, like, some people say, no, no, don't, no, he might bite you. Yeah. But the ones that just say no... Like, they just don't want you to touch their dog. Their dog's perfectly fine and yeah. lovely. But they're just like, no, mm. don't touch him. Yeah. Like, that's a bit weird to me. Like a pride and joy that you're not allowed to yeah. get anywhere near. Because I saw somebody <laughs> did a YouTube video and they're like, they hate that when people ask them if they can touch their dog. Right. Well, I mean, I, I get it in one sense. Maybe they've just had a really bad experience with people, like, really ragging their dog around. Because, you know. obviously, some people don't ask. If the dog just comes close enough and it's in your, like, area, then you sort of have a right to touch it. That's what people do. It's like a magnet. Like, yeah. if the dog is close enough, you're like, oh, yes, it's close enough, we'll touch it now. <laughs> That's <laughs> but true. Isn't that true? Like, no, it's very true. But if it's just, just a little far away, you have to kind of ask, oh, can I strike your dog? Like there's a code of conduct. Yeah, there really is. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, your dog is sniffing me. I'm allowed to touch him. Yeah. Like... You, you're the owner, you should pull him away kind of thing. That's but. very true. I have a... <laughs> it's really funny. I have a bit of a gripe, actually. It's something that has bothered me for many years. You oh, know when you, um, you see pictures or videos of people with babies and they put the baby really close to a dog's face? Yeah. It scares me to death. It is quite scary. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't care how nice your dog is. It's still a wild animal. Mm. That's really frightening. Like, imagine if the dog's just like, I'm having a rubbish day, I'm going to latch onto this little <laughs> little baby. It's really, really it, scary stuff. It is scary, yeah, because unless your dog is used to being around children mm. and... Because babies just scream. 
Yeah. And if Th- you're That's a just dog... it, isn't it? They're temperamental, mm. as a dog can be. Yeah. So if your dog is really not used to that, it might think that something negative, and I wouldn't trust any dog to, to like... Because it's not the dog's fault. Like, the dog doesn't really know what it is, right? No, of course. So it's kind of like... It's not. It's neither of the of the, either the baby or the dog's fault. It's just this weird interaction happens between them where the dog's like, "What's this little thing that's moving around trying yeah. to like pull up my hair or reach towards me or take my toy or whatever?" And the baby's like, "What's this fluffy thing that I can yeah. barely see and understand and make sense of?" There's a whole thing there, isn't there? Because dogs, as well, when they're quite playful, they can be really rough. And like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> rough, and they can like <laughs> jump around and like they like pounce, don't they? They do, and they mouth as well, don't they? Where they kind of yeah, they they chew, chew down a little bit, but yeah. but some dogs, big dogs, when they mouth, <laughs> still gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you, um, oh yeah, if you like touch a dog in the wrong way Mm. like if you pull its hair or something it might like try and nip you or if you pull its tail or that kind of thing it might try and nip you but as a baby you don't know not to do that well you've got no sense of of that at all have you and also some dogs they don't like being touched you know like in a particular place on the nose or on the snout sometimes they're very sensitive around by their eye areas Mm. which i mean that kind of makes sense or actually I've seen some dogs that don't even like being... Their ears are very sensitive. Mm. So it's a tough one to gauge, I guess. But, yeah, yeah that, that just really... It really bothers me when I see little kids. Because, don't get me wrong, I know for a fact there are some animals which are just adorable and they're so soft-scented and, you know, wouldn't harm a fly. But... But some dogs eat their puppies. Exactly. <laughs> so let it be a lesson to you. <laughs> Fellow listeners. Uh, Actually, rolling on to the idea of dangerous animals, I saw this article a few days ago. Okay. Of a guy from um, Queensland in Australia who had to prize a crocodile off his head. Off his own head? Off his own head. Okay. So he was swimming in Lake Placid, which is notorious for, like, crocodiles roaming around called, there. Why is it called, like, Placid, then, if it's, like, the opposite? I don't remember. There was a, they made a film in, in the 90s sometimes. It was called Lake Placid. No, I don't know. Oh, and it was about this giant mutant crocodile which attacked people. Oh. But it comes from the idea that it's just full of... I don't know why it's called Lake Placid. So did they did they call the lake that because of the movie? Or was it already called that? It was already called that. So they wrote the movie about the lake? Yeah. I reckon it was just a, it was once a serene place that got invaded by crocodiles. Well, do you think that people they called it that because it's just the complete opposite? Oh, like irony? Yeah. That sounds like a very Australian thing to do. Actually, it really does because they have quite a funny sense of humour, don't they? <laughs> Why don't you go take a swim in Lake Placid? <laughs> it's so calm, peaceful. Like the most not sarcasm. a thing happens. <laughs> like the most calm. I mean, <laughs> the most sarcasm ever. Yeah, that's, that really is Australian, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, this forty-four-year-old bloke. It's funny. He goes and takes a swim, a regular swim, by the way, in Lake Placid, and. Wouldn't you know it, he's swimming away and a crocodile latches onto his head <gasps> and clamps down. Why is he swimming there? He's lunatic. Yeah, so this guy's got a crocodile on his head and he's trying to... Pry- so he sticks his fingers in the jaws 
and he pulls open the jaws. Oh, my God. And manages to get his head out, by the way. And in the process of doing that, the thing, I think he gets one hand out and the last one, the, the crocodile snaps its jaws shut mm. on his finger. Ouch. I think he loses a bit of his... Bit of his better than his head though his fingers I know jeez so then he proceeds to call the hospital and apparently he's really calm <laughs> I like, thought you said he was going to proceed to carry on swimming <laughs> probably never but... mind <laughs> well, that the, was unfortunate the doctors who treated him actually reckoned that he would definitely go back and, and swim again because like, he was so calm about it yeah like he called up and like oh you wouldn't believe it Cobber he's uh <laughs> Cobber. one of the crocs has clamped on me old head <laughs> Can well, you help they, me they, out they definitely have a word for head in Australia. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is, but um, the old tinker, the old noggin, the old noggin. That's what we say. Yeah, apparently he was so calm, and they they were astounded by it. But when he when they picked him up, he had like these three <gasps> big indents in his oh face and his head, God. where this thing had just like gone, you know. And have you got a picture of him? Uh, no, there's no picture of him, but oh, there's a, a shame. there's a picture of the big old croc, which. Crocodiles, honestly, if there's anything that's closer to a dinosaur, it's, well, it is a dinosaur. it's that thing, isn't it? They're terrifying. Mm. So scary. But um, fortunately, wow. he was lucky enough to get away. It just made me laugh. How old said is he, he was though? remarkably calm. <laughs> uh, 44 years old. And the crocodile was about two metres long. So he, he was really lucky not to have his head ragged off his neck, to be honest. Maybe he just wanted to die. <laughs> Do you reckon so? Well, some, because why would you be that calm? Like some people that they're just not afraid of death because they're like, oh well, yeah. When it's my time, it's my time. But I'm sorry if you go swimming with crocodiles, you re- you really are asking for it there. Well, here it says so. His um, his name is Mister Sweeney. Great cool name. name. Um, had been swimming in the lake three times a week for about eight years. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, Mr. No, no, Mr. Sweeney is the guy who was the one of the people who treated him, the paramedics. Okay. Um, yeah, he'd been swimming there three times a week for eight years. It's so long. I would not be surprised if he ventured into those wet waters again for further exercise. I don't understand that. Is it a nice lake? Because lakes that crocodiles live in, they usually look pretty dingy. You what? know, they've got like moss. He then said, we are reminding people that Lake Placid and the Cairns region are known croc country and urge people in the area to always be crocwise. Oh, not don't swim in there. <laughs> just be just, just be, be alert that there are crocodiles the around. Crocodiles. Actually, I really wanted to go to because Cairns is like right up in the north part of Australia, so it's the closest area of Australia that we have to Japan. Mm. So I guess we'd ha- probably the cheapest place to fly to would, would be Cairns. Mm. I think it's a bit more tropical and you know. Isn't that where the Great Barrier Reef is? Not uh, sure. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to visit. Mm. I'd like to see a crocodile, but yeah, I would not. Wouldn't you? Well, I feel like I've seen them at the zoo. No, no, I mean, see one in its natural no. environment. No, really. Well, no, because there's no gate there. Like I've seen what it looks like, and I've seen pictures of it, and they're really big and they're really scary, and when they get you. They're really fast. How about if you're on one of them, um, what, those, like... No. Floating mobile things? No, that's too close for me. With a big fan on the back? No, that's too close for me. Really? Because oh. what if you fell in? Well, just to hold get on. It. Hold on. Have you seen a crocodile attack a water buffalo? I have. I have. 
it it can jump out of the water and grab them and drag them in with them. Hey, I do not I want to see about one buffaloes. in the wild. Buffaloes are extremely dangerous too. They their name I forget what the thing was now. Um, oh, here it was the Cape buffalo, for example, uh, are relatively mild species. However, when they come under attack, they are lethal and they have uh, a nickname which is Black Death to locals. They've got these massive horns. And obviously, if you're running up to a buffalo... They can charge at 35 miles an hour. Imagine being charged by a horn at 35 miles an hour. Have you seen hour. a buffalo's shoulders? They're pretty big, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty hefty. And when there's, like... They usually go around in big packs, don't they? They're way close to a ton. Can you believe that? Um, up to six feet tall. Buffalo, Imagine me... Like my height in buffalo form. And then I weigh a ton. <laughs> and I've got these big, like... Protruding hall. Oh, they must be huge. So, uh, what I wanted to ask you was, anyway, um, in light of this absolute lunatic man, what to you would be the most frightening animal attack? That's a horrible question. Well, I'm asking you regardless. It would be something that you was fast. Yeah. That's, that's what I imagine immediately, something very quick. And could cause damage, like, immediately. Yeah. But say if you were, like, underwater, maybe that wouldn't be... Like, it is scary, because obviously you could also drown yeah. while being attacked, which is terrible. But I really don't like the idea of, like, a bear or a lion. Okay. Like, something that you, like, can't wiggle away from. So something that could actually, like, have you in its grasp and, like, maul you. You maul you, yeah. I don't... I really... That's So frightening, isn't it? But also, I hate octopus, so, like, a giant octopus or a giant squid would be absolutely terrifying. Those things are not good. Mm Mm-mm. See, when I thought of the scariest thing ever, and I was just thinking back to being a kid, I had this really irrational fear of swimming pools. I don't know where it came from. I must have seen a film or something that frightened me, but it was like Jaws. I started to imagine that there was, um, if I was alone in the swimming pool, that there was a shark in there too. And like from the deep end, that would just like pull me under. And so I imagine that a shark attack or something like that would just be so scary. Mm. Because I think from what I've seen in various wildlife documentary stuff, they kind of, they take a, a bite and you wouldn't necessarily know what exactly has gone on, but you can't see this thing beneath you. Yeah. And it's lightning fast and, you know, lethal teeth. And mm. then it'll just be away with you. You'll, you'll be you'll be gone. Yeah. That is very, very scary. I've seen a few, like, killer whale attacks too, and they're really scary. They're really fast. Yeah, they can get quite aggressive, can't they? Mm-hmm. They fight off sharks, don't they? I think, yeah, I think they're the most lethal in the, in the sea. Wow. But they also... They eat, like, um, is it a blue whale? Like, the biggest one in the ocean. Blue whale, yeah. They eat their babies. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I watched, it was like a David Attenborough thing, and they work as a pack to um, get the baby off the mother. These are orcas, right? Yeah, orcas, yeah. yeah. And um, and basically they caused... So the, the, the mother, who's huge, yeah. like... So much bigger than they are. submarine going along. Mm, But their baby is around the same size as the orca. Okay. Um, But the mother puts the baby on the back. 
on her back and lifts it up to the surface to Mm. try and protect it. But the orcas cause a wave either side. Right. So there's like, say, 10 orcas around this huge whale and either side they they cause these waves and eventually it pushes the baby off the mother. No. So the wave is to try and get up to fend them off. No, the, the, not the mother causes the waves. The orcas cause the waves. Oh, God, that's so smart. So either side, yeah. they're, like, pushing either side the wave. So they're causing, like, an instability in the yeah, actual in whale the mother, itself. Yeah, So and then and the water pushes the, the baby off the mother's back. Isn't it fascinating how animals develop these tactics to, mm. to hunt and... If you can watch that, by the way, you should have a look, because it was, I think it was Blue Planet or something, mm. the David Attenborough. So just type in, like, David, David Attenborough orcas and you'll see it it's really it's horrible to watch but also it's kind of amazing they're very very smart yeah i think that's the other thing that they're intelligent because you think (laughs) you think like maybe you could outsmart another animal but (laughs) you can't really outsmart an orca no you you would forget that wouldn't you that um these animals have come across so many different like they hunt so often that they've been in so many situations and learned so many things Mm. from the way it went right and the way it went wrong they're like this hybrid of predator. They know exactly mm. what to do and how to get the job done quickly. It's kind of scary. It's very scary. So mm. you think that something on land would be more frightening than underwater? No, not really. I just, no, because you'd still be mauled. You'd just be mauled underwater. Yeah. But and then, I just and think, then you'd drown. <laughs> I just think that if you were in water, there's more scope or room to escape but mm. then you wouldn't really know where the thing was that you were escaping from and you could probably you'd probably drown but i think that that would be better than being mauled on land to death because yeah. you have to you can't go anywhere if like a bear's got you pinned down you've got to lie you can't outrun it yeah you can't climb up a tree because they can climb really they can yeah. climb fast can't they? and bears they, you could never outrun a bear so once you come face to face with a bear, it's like, okay, so I have to back away now yeah. really slowly and just keep eye contact, but don't even bother running. Like, And that's terrifying to me that you couldn't even run away from it. Do you remember in that film, uh, Revenant, yeah. if that bear attack is anything like the real thing? Like mm. that's, that was intense to watch I that. I think he'd be even more messed up than he was, though. You would think so, like His you? face wasn't... Like obviously he had lots of scratches. Yeah. Oh, to be honest, I don't really remember it, but it just it just threw him around like he was a rag doll. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, very very scary stuff. Anyway, Jack, I have something interesting to show you. Have you finished with your what you were going to tell me? Yeah, about? please, please go ahead. Okay, so I totally stole this from another podcast. How dare you? <laughs> but theirs was a bit ruder okay. than mine. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Basically, um, I want to tell you some words from Urban Dictionary. Okay. And I want you to try and guess what they mean. I'm the perfect candidate for this because I'm so I'm like an old man. I just don't know things of the of the current current era of the modern mm. era. So I'll I'll say what have I said to you recently? There's definitely something that you might say like an abbreviation of something. Like say if it, just say for example, I know what this means, but if you say TMI. Yeah. For example, I'll be like, watch Timmy Migrant. Yeah, Jack doesn't know. Indigo. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought this would be fun for you because 
Um, basically, Urban Dictionary, if you don't know, is a website that holds <laughs> many um, words that kids use now or that are spoken in different um, areas. The current, the current slang of the time. The current slang, yeah, but also a lot of them are very rude. So I'm not going to read you like the super rude ones because some of them are absolutely awful. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you're curious, you should go and have a look. <laughs> but they have like one, like words of the day, and they have like, you can actually, even your own name is on Urban Dictionary. Okay. Because anybody can write up, write it up. Well, so, so you, you can you just could, get any person who's writing a, perf- a new word. Yeah. We should, or, or we should you, make if, a word. If you have one with your friends or something, you could put it on there. Okay. But it's quite funny. There's some funny ones. So the first one um, is dream creep. Dream creep? Yeah. What do you think this means? Uh, well, I'm going to guess that it's not the literal someone in your dreams that's a creep. I'm going to guess it's not as literal as that. It is as literal as that. It is as literal as that. It's when someone you know in real life shows up in your dreams. Did you call him a dream creep? Yeah. Oh, is that so, because like like a real person has invaded your your sleep time? So you'd be like, uh, Jack, you dream creeped me last night. <laughs> creep. Oh, you dream creep. Like you came in on my dream, basically. <laughs> okay, I've never heard that one before. Uh, so, V-R-O. Vro. V-R-O. Pronounced Vro. Very. Yes. Uh, very real. No. Very, uh, can you give me a clue? Is it, have got a hint? Uh. Hint, please. Bro is a good hint. Bro? Yeah. Bro? Mm. Very. To be honest, this isn't a very funny one. I don't even know why I said this. Go on, tell me. I can't... So it's a slang term meaning very rare only, used in place of bro. Very rare only. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. This concerns me. So you say, me. like, hey, what's good, bro? This might be like a rare bro. You, someone so, you don't see very often. So that's a ri- So someone you don't see very often? Maybe. A bro. Yeah, these, it concerns me, this kind of thing, because I feel like <laughs> our intelligence is getting less and less. We're starting to use things that don't even make any sense. Very rare only. That's so, mm. so weird. How about lip service? I'm scared to answer. Um, <laughs> lip lip, lip service. service. I've heard this before. In um, is it the way that someone talks? No. Um, has it got anything to do with talking at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd say yeah. Lip service. Uh, it's is it a service for, for a start? Um, not really. No. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, so it's to just say something but not actually do it. To pretend that you believe a certain thing but not actually practice that belief. Ah, uh, see, I like that one. Yeah. That's so, pretty good. for example, the company pays lip service to equal rights but has only women working for them and she's underpaid. Okay. So, so it's yeah. like talking rubbish, basically. Right. There are many people guilty of lip so service. it's kind of like trying to, like, say or be someone that you're not. That you're not. But like, trying to trying to prove something, but you don't actually believe it or have any yeah. proof that you are that thing. 
or encouraging someone to act in a certain way, but you don't even do it yourself. Like trying to be morally correct, but actually you don't believe that. For the birds. For the birds. Oh, I know this one. For the birds. Do you? Yeah, I've... Um, isn't this quite common for the birds? They have some on here, like throwback, flustered. They have common words on here too. Right. For the birds, that that might actually be a song as well. Um, this is like when you... Is it when something's done that no one knows about or it's it's an unknown thing that won't get recognised or something? Not on here. Okay, what, what do they call for the birds? So in 2006 this was <laughs> published. Right. Something that sucks... Or is whack. Oh, really? So it's I a bad thing. I hate my homework, yo. Homework is for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> yo. They don't say yo anymore. That's that's what that's what the example. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the examples in Urban Dictionary they're so they're like sarcastic in themselves. Yeah. The examples are really like they give terrible examples of the way to use the word. Um Yeah, I thought for the birds was something to but that's interesting. So it's a, just a negative mm. a negative thing. So what's this one? How? How? How. What is a how? It's a thing. Oh, it's a noun. A how. Um, a how. Is it spelt the same way? H-O-W? Mm. Ugh. You're going to have to give me some context here. What's the... Can you uh, give me a clue? It's an animal. A how? Yeah. <laughs> is it a land animal? Yep. Um, is it like a cow? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it a cow? It's a half cow, yeah. What the... Of all the animals you could have picked, and yeah, it's a half cow. It's a breed between a horse and a cow. It's a how. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that's actually what it's called or if that's just the... What do you imagine a how to be? Does it have a horse's head or a cow's head? And what, what the body? Well, they're kind of similar, aren't they? Well, horses have got very... Their legs are longer, I suppose. Cows are fatter. So Cows would it be are... a skinny cow or a fat horse? And would it be a horse with udders? Ooh. <laughs> Dread the thought. <laughs> so would it be like a horse with a can... A cow, a cow skin? I'd be interested. I think I've seen a horse like that before, like a black <gasps> oh and white Oh, my God. A, a cow, Dalmatian. A cow with a horse mane. And like a really elegant cow <laughs> that's like just like the gallop like, yeah the, like a really elegant cow with the udder still udders like flopping all over the like, place yeah like an elegant <laughs> uh, udder <laughs> would you have a long cute. like a long neck like a horse yeah yeah but like how? a huge head so I'm just imagining David like Attenborough that one like the how yeah <laughs> for how sweeps through the open plains so this one is man, no, main, main. Main. M-A-N-E. Main. Can you hear that bird? Mm. Main. So it's not like a horse main or lion main. No. Main. M-A-N-E. Mm. Um, main. Is this like a... Is this, <laughs> do you mean like leader or something? No. No? Is it a positive? Yeah, it's quite funny. Main. Um, I don't know what's main. It's an alternative pronunciation of the word man. Just... <laughs> oh, my God. I was actually going to say that. I was like, oh, man. Man. Come on, man. man. 
I feel like I say that quite often with uh, with some people. Oh man. Um, I want some more recent ones, so I'm going to go on uh, recent. I I have started saying the phrase "dang diddly," and I quite dang like, I quite like that because it's. I bet got, that's on here. It's got like this southern. Dang. It, it shouldn't be on there. I invented it. It's on here, Jack. Dang diddly. Dang diddly is on here. Oh. Another word for damn, damn it, or damn it. Oh. Dang diddly. Where did I put the remote? Dang diddly. <laughs> I say it all the time, and so much so that my friend has now started saying dang diddly. And I know. What's the other one? It's like a variation on dang diddly. Um, friggly diddly. <laughs> friggly diddly. Oh, friggly diddly. That's funny. It's just a humorous way of being angry, I suppose. So there's a trending, but a lot of them are rude. So I'm going to just um, see. Like self-censor. <laughs> I know there's some, there's some really bad ones on the uh, Urban Dictionary. So, girls who eat carrots. Um, a carrowin. Like heroin, but carrot. No. Carrot, no. <laughs> a person of female gender who often consumes the orange vegetable commonly known as a carrot. <laughs> oh, I thought you were telling me the definition and no. I was trying to come up with the word. No. Oh. <laughs> what did you say for? Do you girls eat carrots? Yeah. So you girls are girls who eat carrots. We are females who consume vegetables. <laughs> what? How is that a thing? Females who consume vegetables. That has a, that's got a name now. I think that's one of them. The other is very rude. Uh, Edward Forty Hands. <laughs> this sounds like some kind of Cockney character or something. <laughs> it's old Eddie Forty Hands. Eddie Forty Hands. Edward Forty Hands. Edward Forty Hands. Obviously, like, instead of Edward Scissorhands. Um, is this someone who drops stuff constantly? No. Like, oh, Eddie, with his bloody 40 hands, he can't <laughs> even... He's got so many hands, he can't hold on to stuff. I don't know. Eddie Forty Hands. What's Eddie Forty Hands? Okay. It is. When you tape a 40 to each hand and can't take them off until you are finished drinking them. Mate, I almost pissed myself last night during an intense game of Edward 40 hands. What's a 40? So I I look down, there's another explanation. A game designed to intoxicate all participants where 40-ounce bottles of cheap malt beverages are fastened to each hand by (laughs) adhesive tape or superglue in some cases. The winner will have consumed all liquid in both bottles and usually celebrates by smashing the first bottle to remove it and using the free hand to urinate into the second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That sounds crazy. Oh, my God. So you strap one of these 40s. Is that what a 40 is? Like a small bottle of alcohol, I guess. You strap them to both hands. Yeah. (laughs) Because obviously you can't go for a wee. So people, like, they say, like, oh, they smash one and then wee in the other bottle. Oh, my God. And it does say um, the best way to play the game without fear of urinating yourself is to start the game with your penis already untucked (laughs) out of your pants. (laughs) You've got to get it ready just in case. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No. It doesn't sound great, does it? It's the smashing as well. Like, if you've got to smash one of the bottles and it's attached to you, Mm. that's a recipe for disaster. Don't do that. What a silly, silly thing to do. It's a silly sausage you have to be. Um, 
a dog shot. What's a dog shot? A dog shot. Is this a type of alcohol thing? No. No. Dog shot. Um, does it mean really tired? No. Dog That's tired. good, though. That sounds good. Like, man, I'm dog shot. Or, man, I'm dog shot. That sounds good, but no, it's not that. No. I might start using it as that, though. Sounds pretty good. I am dog shot. Um, is it just another way of saying dead? No. Do you want to know? I do. It's when you're hit from the back of the head. Oh. Some guy dog shot me in a fight. Wow. Or you can say... It says, an Aussie definition is to be hit when you're not looking. A girl asked for a hug and then her boyfriend came and dog shot me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard that one before. I like it, though. I might try and use that in my everyday <laughs> there's vernacular. There's another definition. A bad photograph of an individual taken when the subject isn't aware. Oh, my God, I just took a dog shot of her. <laughs> <laughs> What's Govey? Govey. Govey. Is it like governor? Kind of. Like boss it, or leader or... It's the Toronto slang for government name. Oh, like the Govey? Yeah. Ah. Just Govey. Well, we call the police the Bobby. They'll say the Govey for the government. Okay, so let me ask you some now. Okay. Uh, what do you reckon an EO11 is? EO11? EO11. EO11? Yeah. The first definition is a song by Sammy Davis Jr., but there's there's another meaning. EO11. EO11. EO. EO11. Is it like slang for 7-Eleven? No, that's what I thought when I clicked on it. That's why I clicked on it, actually, but no, it's, it's not. Oh, um, it has nothing to do with convenience stores or shopping. <laughs> is it O like zero? It's E-E-E hyphen O. EO11. But like O, not zero. Yeah, the letter O. EO11. <laughs> Whatever could it mean? Is it very specific? Is it like sport related or? No, it's like a, a thing that could happen to you in life. Um, when you win the lottery. Well, you you get in there. Really. But it's something that happens after that. Uh... So let's say you win the lottery, and then. You get your money? No. You get paid? You win the lottery, you get your money, life's great, and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you're in heaven? <laughs> no. Oh. It does, that's, yeah, that's fair. Okay, just tell me. Okay, so it's a concept for which a person... A person... A person... <laughs> a person wishes and achieves the perfect life, so they've got money, they got like a penthouse, they've got everything... Oh. And then it's taken from them in an <gasps> instant. Oh, no. So it's like the idea of a, a single dice roll that just goes, they roll and they roll a one. It's like they've lost everything. But why EO11? EO11. Why do they say that, though? Yeah, why do they say any of these words? <laughs> no, but why 11? Um, it just says EO11 strikes again. Ha <laughs> With its patent pending tragic irony. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. As if a single dice roll has destroyed your life and dreams. That's an EO11. Hopefully no one's going through an EO11 at the moment. No. At least you've got a word for it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to find... I'm just typing in random words. Okay. And I'm getting the most... 
Like, I can't even say. I can't even say. Yeah, it's <laughs> really rude, are. Urban Dictionary. We're trying to look for the um, the more light-hearted ones. Make make up a make up a word like a silly any word because that's usually where you get them. A a a dav daflof daflof. No, there's no daflof. Uh, a a uh, an a loaf. What's a loaf? What's a loaf? Urban Dictionary <laughs> for loaf. Just getting to find out. I know. What's a loaf? Oh, I mean this. Okay. This is what you kind of might imagine a loaf to be. It's not bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> loaf. Maybe like like a loaf, but a loaf. A loaf, kind of a loaf. It's a not. loaf, but less clumsy. Shall I give you the example? Go on then. Wow, Rob, hurry up, you loaf. <laughs> <laughs> like dawdler, I guess. Yeah, so someone Clumsy. who knowingly, that, that's the thing, someone who knowingly takes too long to do something. Mm. So they just loaf around like a big loaf. Oh, that's good. Loaf I like bread. that. I'm going to call you that. Come on. <laughs> it just sounds cute. Come on, loaf. I am not a loaf. It's cute. I'm though. like an anti-loaf. I'm, I'm an anti-loaf. <laughs> anti Type that in. Anti-loaf. You, no, I'm a loaf. I'm definitely a loaf. You can be a loaf. I think if you don't want to do something, you, you loaf a bit. A bit of a loaf. There's no anti-loaf, Joe. Oh, you're um, an anti-loaf. You should put that in the Urban Dictionary update. Anti-loaf. Oh, like, I'll make the... Yeah, you make one. What about something that we say all the time? Like, uh, we, what did you say the other day? Um, a wet, like, a wet fish. Oh, a wet fish. Because, obviously, sometimes you in. say, like, wet lettuce. Yeah. But you said wet fish. Like, no, there was no, there's no wet fish. Good. Phew. <laughs> Thankfully. So you know that saying like um he's like a fish out of water and wet lettuce. Jack got them confused and he said, Oh, he's a wet fish and I was like, You mean that's good then? I still stand up I, th I think that still kinda of makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. See what I'm imagining when I say this, I'm imagining you know you take a fish out of water. That's like but that's a fish like, out of water. You take <laughs> You take a fish out of water <laughs> and it's just flopping around. Yeah. Like, it doesn't know what to do. It can't breathe. It's like... Mm. And then... Yeah, that's it. But that's oh. a dry fish. He's like a dry fish. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I'm just imagining a floppy entity, you know. But that is that is a fish oh, out yeah, of water. Oh, yeah, wet fish. No, but a wet fish is like... Be gone, no, wet fish. No, a wet fish is like good... They want to be wet. They want to be in the water, like, having a time of their life. Yeah, okay, fine. You're supposed to say a dry fish or a fish out of water or a wet lettuce because no one likes wet lettuce. Anyway, apparently a wet fish is not a way to... That's like a compliment. ...accurately describe what I was trying to say. <laughs> You're a healthy fish. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a healthy fish on that show. Um, Type in your you... own name. My name doesn't come up. Oh, type in my J-A-C-K comes up. Oh. Let's type in Jody. What's a... What's a joke? Oh, I can't spell. This is almost so nice that it's sickening. Oh. <laughs> what does it say? Ready? Mm-hmm. Jody. 
an amazing person who cares so much for people and no matter what won't judge you and he's so friendly to everyone and always puts other people before her and she has an amazing smile who loves talking to new people. Zero grammar there, by the way. <laughs> and the, the example is, Jodie is so funny. Jodie is so <laughs> funny. so funny. She's so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Someone who was Jodie clearly wrote that. Or like they've got a friend. They wrote it about themselves. <laughs> like a 12-year-old. Like, yeah. I'm going to write about Jodie. She's my best friend. She's an amazing Aww. person who cares so much for people, no matter what won't judge you. I can't believe there's not one for Jack. No, there's a J-A-C-K, but... I mean, my, let's face it, my name is used for oh, everything Oh, there's everything. a number two example, too. The most... <laughs> Spot wrong. The most caring and lovable girl you will ever meet. She bite brightens. But it says brightens. She brightens up anyone's day. She's absolutely amazing, and all the guys love her. <laughs> love, love. Oh, I've never seen the, the most, most amazing, amazing woman. woman. She is us. She is herself, and no one can, can take, take it. it. Do you know what a pimp nail is? A pimp nail. Um, is that something to do with drugs? Mm, it's the long, oh, it's the long, nail, the yeah. long thing. That was in a film the other day. I'm sure it was. It was in. It's in um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. That's it. Yeah, and the long, uh, long sniffing, <laughs> sniffing nail. Okay, you can put this one in. This one's funny. T S I F. Thank, thank Sally. I'm fair. <laughs> T S I F. Not sure. It means. That snail is, is fast. Whoa. T-S-I-F. That snail? Is fast. That has an abbreviation, that snail. How, how often would you need to use that as the question? <laughs> Whoa, that snail's so fast. Oh. Or is it talking about something else? Is the snail something else? So it comes from a popular animated movie, Turbo, which is about a snail, isn't oh. it? Where the snail is tucked into a car engine. Where right. he gets powered of super speed and tr- uses them to try and win against some guy who likes to run over snails with his car. No. Whoa, TSIF, what? Are you seeing this? <laughs> that snail is fast. I just wanted to tell you quickly, Joe, about uh, the book that I'm currently reading. You might have noticed me flicking through the autobiography of Mr. Lemmy Kilmister. If you've lived under a rock for the past 100 years, Lemmy was the frontman of the rock band Motorhead, and by the way, tons of other bands before that. Hawkwind being one of them. But do you think that's the key to success? Being in loads of bands. Yeah, I think practice absolutely. Practice makes perfect. Because mm. one thing that I've come to realise reading the the book is called White Line Fever, mm. um, and is it about drugs? There's lots of contents of drugs, and you know. How did he live so long? I don't really know. and That's one of the amazing things about it is there's so many of his friends and family and, you know, people that he's, um, have come and gone in his life that have passed away through drugs and alcohol and like terrible accidents and murders and just... He's, he's known so many people who have, have passed on. How he has been one to um, survive, I do not know. Mm. But apparently, years back... He wanted to try this same process of having your blood completely exchanged for someone else's blood. Get like a, it's like a, a blood renewal. Apparently, okay. Keith Richards had it done. It was very really? like trendy, you know, because they have so much intoxication in the body, it can kind of reverse a lot of that. 
by wow. having a total blood. I guess it's a transfusion, isn't it? That's essentially what it is. Uh, he couldn't have it done because his blood had become poisonous and having a whole new set of blood in his body would have apparently have killed him. Oh, my god! So whatever he'd done throughout the years, all the, all the drugs, the alcohol, had quite literally poisoned him. But he'd, he was living and he was fine, you know. Mm. Um, it's kind of... A, it's really sad, actually. I, I remember watching... I watched, like, his last performance that he did. Yeah. And I think it was about two weeks or so before he, he passed away. He has some kind of aggressive cancer. And it was really just hard to see, you know. Mm. Um, he, he couldn't... His memory had gone. He could barely remember the words. And he was in pain. He, could, he couldn't stand up. He had to, like, be held up most of the time. And halfway through the show, he just said, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm, I have to stop. That's really It was really, sad. like... could have made me cry, you know. It was a really emotional thing to see. Mm. Um, but what an absolute just icon of a man, really mm. fascinating, intelligent. He, he read a lot of books and knew a lot about history and he had this way of looking at the world, which I think is quite rare. Now, he was able to, like... It's like looking at a picture where there's there's 10,000 things in it, but somehow you can kind of see the point. Mm. Like, what what is the actual meaning of it? You know, he was one of those kind of people. Mm. He could see through all the cloud yeah. and had a very definite view on what the thing was um also didn't take himself seriously remotely mm. you know some of the situations that he's been in over the time um and he, the he was like a very popular person yeah, yeah i can see why he was very well liked but i thought it was kind of ironic that he said like when he moved to america his social life was he said he was ruined within about a week because really? he sensed he had such uh he called it like a black Black humour, you know, it was very dark and um, he could just, he would rip into anything. Mm. There was, everything was safe to say and do pretty much in good, in good spirits. Yeah. But it wasn't taken very well by a lot America, of people. yeah. Yeah, but what what a crazy life, really just unbelievable. But I think, yeah, the that idea of success <laughs> was, it was weird because there was so many times he failed, like really failed at the bottom rung of life over and over again. But really? It almost it didn't seem to bother him. He just like, well, I'll just keep you keep going. He, mm. That there is the key to success. Yeah. You get knocked down, you know, if it's a hundred times, but that hundred and first time, you might just get what you want. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people do give up after the first yeah. the first knockdown. Or the first failure. Yeah. They, what they see as a failure, it depends how you look at things, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, but if he always had that vision for what he wanted his life to be, yeah. um, then maybe he thought, well, this doesn't matter, this is part of it. Because it is part of it, it is part of life, having like very little mm. or trying to save money or trying to... Um, look towards your goals and like when you get them it's not going to be what you think it's going to be yeah like it never is no never. you know i think that's why so many people like get depressed or like like you know do take drugs and things like that because when they get to the top they're like oh it's not what i thought it was going to be yeah well, they have to find excitement in those avenues rather than... Like, there's nowhere else to go, almost. Yeah. It's like we yeah. watched that movie, Soul. Yeah. 
and we had very mixed feelings about it because if you haven't seen the movie, it's about a jazz musician who's trying his his whole life to be like successful and famous and um, be known in the jazz community. And when he gets his shot, it's kind of not everything he thought it would be. And he sort of gets in a taxi after he's done this amazing gig. But so does, like, the other performer who he, like, looks up to. And uh, what did she say? Of something about water? I forgot now. I don't remember, but the, the gist of it was that it was... He felt exactly the same coming off the back of that performance, which was supposed to be the highlight of his career, as he did to just a regular performance where he mm. was enjoying himself. I think he, he sort of had this realisation that actually it was in the... His passion was in the music. It wasn't yeah. in the. It wasn't in what comes with some kind of fame or, mm-hmm. you know, where you sort of rank yeah. in the in the food chain or whatever you do. And he could see then the value that his life had and how he'd impacted other people's lives yeah. um, by trying to get where he wanted to be. Um, that he'd still affected lots of people on the way, mm. and that was more valuable. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, I had mixed feelings about the movie. But it made me think of that time we went, we just watched this incredible show and, you know, all the audience are applauding and they get a standing ovation and it's just like, oh, these are these people on stage are superstars, like amazing. They must have like loads of money and live in an amazing house and whatever, whatever. But when the show finished, the lead, the girl... Um, she came from around the back of the theatre, ran across the road and jumped on a bus. And I was, like, gobsmacked because I couldn't believe that that was it. But because I have done shows and things and we've we've been backstage of, like, incredible parties and amazing, like, venues, so we know that it's not all glitz and glam and the behind the scenes is very much, like, you know... Not that, <laughs> like it's not what you think. You don't get treated how you expect to be or you think that people are treated that way, you know. Yeah, of course. So I wasn't so, so surprised in that aspect, but I was just like, I bet she lives like on the other side of London and she probably like is trying to pay her rent and, you know, until you have got everything, um, like... You feel like what you have is nothing. Do you That's know true. what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like she, she's a lead in that show, but she hasn't made a name for herself yet. Like, so she still has to jump on a bus to go home. Like she's not been taken away in a limousine or whatever you would expect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's very easy to uh, become distracted by the idea of what this, like, an iconic person is too, because you always forget that what they've gone through in their life is a series of struggles and failures. Yeah. You just see them in this position they're in now. It's like, oh, they've got all the money in the world and they've got this and they've got that. Mm. And, but it's so easy to forget the stuff that's probably come before that you never hear about, Yeah, may never know about, you know. You mm-hmm. just associate them with this, like, golden halo, mm-hmm. which is almost never really the case. No. You know, it was the case with, with Lemmy too. He, he had people who... They just idolised him. They were trying to dress as him. They were trying to be him. 
and behind the scenes, he was often living like a poor man, really. Yeah. Had no permanent place to live um, until he went to America and started living in this very small, like, underground apartment thing very close really? to his favourite bar called the Rainbow Club. Um, quite a, a hermit insular life, which he, he wanted. Mm-hmm. He was quite happy with that, but, you know, the, the glitz and glamour and uh, the edginess of being a rock star isn't always... It, it's nothing like what it looks no. in, in the performance. No. As, as in any kind of uh, entertainment thing, really. Yeah. So I think that's what people, like, maybe don't realise, you know. Um, like, let's say you, for instance, you've played, like, a big, a big festival and you played so many shows like that. And when you're the one on stage and everyone's looking at you, like, you are... You are the star, you know. Everyone's like, "Wow, mm. they're amazing," but then, but then when you have to pack your gear away and shove it in the van, no one's helping you. It's kind of like no. it's you and you, like friends or family helping you. Yeah. But it's like then you just go back to your normal life, you know. There's a lot of illusion mm. in all of it. Like, let's say you supported some big bands mm. who we'd consider like growing up, like wow, like love that band. Yeah. And yet, there they are playing, like, a small stage in, like, you know, a small town. And they're in the same dressing rooms and the same... Yeah, and you're just, like, hanging out with them and they're just kind of... It's kind of like, well, I thought you'd be doing, like, arena tours and stuff like that. Like, you made it. You made it. People bought your albums. They wear your T-shirts. They went to your shows. Yeah, you forget about all the dog work that I have to do to uh, not only get to a certain position, but to keep it to. Mm. You know, when you're at the top, does that, that phrase isn't the only way is down. <laughs> because, um, and also there's always someone ready to come and take it off you, to take the mantle. Yeah. You know, someone who's just as hungry or maybe even hungrier than you are at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the... White Lone Fever, I, I, I do recommend to... Uh, it's a very interesting read, but it's just... The, it's, the nature of the book is just about as crazy as, as Lemmy's, uh, Lemmy's lifestyle. Is that the first autobiography you've read? No, I read another autobiography by uh, a guy named Chris Hadfield, who was an astronaut. Oh, yeah, I bought you that book, yeah, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, many, mm. quite a few years ago now. That was, that was really good. Mm. I've also read... Uh, who was it now? I think it was either Conor McGregor or it was a fighter mm. who read his autobiography. They're not they're not really my thing most of the time. But no, um, that, that's why I asked. Like when you read a book, you read a book for quite a long time, and there's all different characters, and mm. you know. But with an autobiography, it's just solely focused on that one person's life. It has a very different flow too. Mm. It, it doesn't. It's just like the the language and the way it's all structured. It's just totally different. Mm. Um, it's like having a really long conversation with someone. I was just about to say that, yeah. It's like, like sitting in a room with them and yeah. talking about their life. And I like autobiographies for that reason. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd let you know how it was going. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Jodie, um, what's your revelatory statement of the week? <laughs> well, since we were talking about books, I think that you should read a book this week. That's good advice. Just And maybe something different that you wouldn't usually read. Or yeah. maybe ask a friend for a recommendation of a book and then buy that book. That's good. It's very easy to get bogged down in a particular genre. Like if you only read 
fantasy, let's say. Mm. Veer off, read something else. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, we release podcasts every Sunday, so you can listen to us on places like Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, if you'd like to join the Our Commune Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Our Weird Life Pod. We also have Instagram using the same name at Our Weird Life Pod. And also we have a Facebook group at Our Weird Life Podcast. I think that's everything. I think so. Okay. Okay. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Have Take a good week. Care. Goodbye. Bye.